Hello, I'm Zach. Hello, and I'm Steve. Hey, and you're listening to Voulez-Vous with Zach and Steve. Today, we talk about ABBA's final album in the studio, The Visitors. The Visitors. I hear the doorbell ring and suddenly the panic takes me. The sound so ominously tearing through the silence. The visitors. Hey, who's visiting who? Can I go visit you? Hey, (laughs) come over to my mom's house this Friday after school. I won't be there, just kidding. I'll be filming at your mama's house. Ow, we're doing a porno film. A porno film. With your mom and your mama's house, the visitors. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome to the show. We heard your applause out there. Don't worry. It sounded, I don't have a good joke. Zach, we just did something incredible. Tell him about it. Zach had this great idea. I went to see Zach play a solo show on Sunday night uh-huh. at the infamous Joe's Winery. Just kidding. It was Joe's <laughs> Winery. Uh, I saw Zach play a solo show on Sunday night, and it was amazing. He played all of the alt country stuff that my college heart yearns for. And then he said to me after the show, do you know what we should do before we record? Mm-hmm. We should get complimentary ABBA tattoos. Yes, I did. And what was that, your idea for a complimentary ABBA tattoo? Uh, you may recall, regular listeners of this podcast, that uh, on an earlier episode, we talked about how, is it Benny or Bjorn? I think so. I think it's Benny. Benny had a, or maybe uh, it's, maybe it's who Bjorn. Cares? Who played piano? Benny. Yeah. Uh, he had two signs over his piano that said ah and ha and uh when he was asked you know you realize uh that's why you put aha in all your songs because you must have a fetish for it he said what are you talking about so i got ah and steve got ha yep on our arms we got him in the same place look on our twitter account there's already a photo there you can see it right now if you click on twitter.com on your phone Mm -hmm. and then you text message tattoo to to five seven nine Four six nine. You will get a response from Frida. Standard That's messaging rate picture. supply. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to pay those for you, but you can look. <laughs> no. You can look, but you can't touch. No, we are as ever a not-for-profit podcast. Although we do have a new sponsor this week. Um, big thanks to the folks at Doritos for making their spicy sweet chili chips. Wait, did I get? You got a different one. I got. Sp- no, we got the same flavor. Did we? Yeah. By the way. We don't really have an endorsement. We paid a dollar fifty each for these. No, four fifty. No, it was one fifty. I think you just heard him incorrectly. I. How much change do you have in your pocket? There, I, I think my whole. You are thing, correct. It yeah, was yeah, one fifty. Yeah. I was like four. I got a beer Fuck and some me. nutty this is, bars. This is why I'm leaving New York. Uh huh. Because Dorito. Do you hear that sweet crunchity crunch? Do you hear that people shoot? Thank you to the wonderful microphones at Audio Technica and Sennheiser for microphones that pick up the sweet crunchity crunch of Zach's sweet chili, sweet chili ranch sauce. So listen, let's address the uh, the Anyeta's horse in the room, okay? Yeah. Steve is leaving New York. He's moving to Columbus. I am. And I am about to embark on a tour for about five weeks. So at this I point, think, when I think it com- it's, go ahead. When this comes out, I will be in Ohio already. Yeah, yeah. And you will and I'll be, probably be on a bus. You'll be on a bus. So I think it's safe to say that this is uh, the season one finale of Voulez-Vous with Zach and Steve. Yeah. We're not done by any stretch, but it is sort of a, uh, a crossroads uh, for ABBA and for us. Yeah. So it seems like a fitting conclusion to the first little chunk of this show. So we decided, why not eat Doritos, a food that I almost never eat. Mm-hmm. I would on actually the say I never eat it. On the microphone, let's get complimentary ABBA tattoos and talk about their ultimate last studio album. Yeah, it's so good. I think I said penultimate. When? In the in intro. An, in an earlier episode? Oh, did no, you? Maybe. Well, I don't know. In my heart, I feel I did, but in my brain, I don't know because I'm an idiot. Mm. Uh, but It's just more talk- fun to say penultimate, isn't it? It is. Regardless um, of whether or not that's true. Whether or not it's true. I... I have a lot of feelings about moving to Ohio. At this point, when you're listening and I'm in Ohio, I'll probably be sleeping a lot more. You'll be having a whole different series of feelings. 
Yeah, I'll be working out like car borrowing with my mom, mm. who'll probably be doing a lot of passive aggressive. Like, I mean, I I guess I don't need it for anything. It's you can have it. It's, I mean, what do I do? I go to work. I come I home. Just, I make you this quilt. If I could just, I don't maybe for an hour. I don't know if you. Probably too much to ask. Be like, no, it's your car. I'll let you drive it. We, we have a very clear understanding here, Mom. Yeah. I understand that I'm borrowing from you. Yeah. Pizza, the Frenchie, the pet that I am a co-owner of, will be with me, and he'll be very confused. Mm. At uh, Pizza the Frenchie. On if Instagram, If you want to right. see that little dog move to Ohio. Yep, you'll see a lot of pictures of him in a beautiful backyard, which will be mine. Mm. My backyard. That's going to be nice. The idea of, like, sitting... In a backyard and watching a dog run around and like drinking with friends sounds like heaven. Yeah, it's going to be good. You don't have to pay a million dollars to do that. No. At some right. weird bar on a rooftop. In if Soho. you want to drink in a backyard in New York, you have to go to a bar that has a backyard. Yeah. Yeah, there's some good places with backyards. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think, especially in this neighborhood mm-hmm. where you live in Williamsburg. In Williamsburg. Uh, but yeah, where do you know your tour itinerary? Yeah, um, we're we're starting in Toronto, Toronto, Ontario. I told someone I was going to be in Toronto recently, and they were like, oh, which one? <laughs> what do you mean? The one in Ontario, the only one anybody would be talking about. That's like going, I'm going to Paris. How white of you, Oh, in Zach. Texas? <laughs> um, Remember that movie, Paris, Texas, about like the escapes? No. Yeah, I think there was a movie that came out in the late 90s, early 2000s called Paris, Texas. Uh-huh. And it's about two escaped convicts who hide in this town. And I think they pretend to be a gay pageant, mm. uh, like trainers. Like they train little girls to be in pageants. It was deemed like progressive when it came out like, oh, right. look, gay people have visibility. Right. So anyways, they didn't Paris, know where Texas. Toronto was. Pretty limited visibility, though, I have to say, because I haven't even kind of heard of that movie. What can I say? And I know about everything. <laughs> I've, You don't know this, but I've seen like every movie. I've heard about everything, so if I haven't heard about it, it probably isn't probably even happen. real. Um, yeah, we start in Toronto. We're playing all over the U.S. and uh, Toronto and Vancouver. So uh, a greatbigworld.com for tour dates. Please cool. come see us. If you like great pop music... There's a lot to love with this band, and they're some of my best friends. We're going to have a fun time. Uh, but I will be missing you, Steve. I'll be missing you, too. And I I will say, while we're still at minute whatever of this podcast, before it's the end, I, I love you. I love doing this together. And I am very grateful to all of you who tune in uh, when we put these episodes out. Um, it's so much fun to make this. And it's even better knowing that you guys are listening and you're a part of the conversation and... Uh, I'm I'm happy to have these records in my life and happy to get to do this with you, Steve. Yeah, likewise. I love the hell out of you. Yeah. It was weird being at your show because you're the guy you're collaborating with, Oscar. Oscar. Oscar Albus Rodriguez. Super talented. Uh-huh. Uh the Judah Freelander of guitars. <laughs> um his wife like came up to came up to me oh, and yeah, was Laura. like I love the podcast. Yeah, they like the and show. And I was like, this is the first time I've ever been fan mm-hmm. where someone was like, just love what you do. Yeah. No one ever loves what I do. Well, that's because they're all somewhere else. Yeah. Modern Huge, Christine Tuna. We love you. Uh, I hope, Scott Fitzgerald, that you heard the shout out uh, in our last episode. If you didn't, go back. Scott. Scott. Get at me. I'm single and ready to tingle. Hey, 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 hey. Who's planning a trip to Columbus, Ohio? Yeah, exactly. Come tingle in my backyard, Scott Fitzgerald. God, I'm I'm a tingle. slutty podcaster. Tingle. Um, you can find us. Uh, this, this week's hashtag is slutty podcaster. So <laughs> please direct all of your queries there. Yeah. I put the queer back in queries. <laughs> <laughs> that joke took you by surprise. I loved it. But I really did love I was like, oh, someone's listening. Someone really likes yeah. it. And she said that you can tell that you and I... She said, I can tell that you and Zach have a real back and forth. Mm-hmm. I was like, we do. We do. We have a real back and forth. If you catch my meaning. Anyway. Zach puts the queer back in queries. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk uh, about the visitors? I do want to talk about the visitors. I um, 
like I said very briefly earlier, I love this record. Do you love this record? Yes, I love it. It's not your favorite. No. Nor is it mine. No, it feels like... uh. I don't know. It's like the other albums are like really good egg sandwiches. And then this is like a cheddar that you're pairing with like quince. And you're like, hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is different than an egg sandwich. And it's not totally different, but it just, they're doing, uh, it stands really alone. rich emotional stuff on this one. Yeah. It stands alone for sure in the catalog. And I think for me listening on headphones, I think this is my favorite sonically i love the sound of this record um the recording quality is so good and all the choices and the mixing and everything it's like it's just a little bit more of a um like a universe that they drop you into than some of the other records which are great pop singles but this is obviously them trying to do something a little more like dark side of the moon or something almost yeah they described it as they always thought of themselves as like the Beatles where mm-hmm. every album you do something slightly different mm-hmm. lyrically or musically. And this one feels, I feel like there are probably two, like Voulez-Vous is markedly them trying to do disco. Totally. So in that way, you're like, yes, you were trying to do something very different. And I forget which one it was. It was maybe Arrival uh, where you're like, oh, you're really trying to do like big pop. Yeah, well, and ABBA, the album, is very acoustic, 70s yes. singer-songwriter yeah, almost. Yeah, 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 you're right. And this one, they had just upgraded the studio mm-hmm. at, at Polar Studios. Yeah. So they had brand new mixing equipment, and Michael Trito had no idea what to make of it. Like, it was, he was a little bit confounded, according to the books I read. Oh, they uh, did a good job, though. It sounds so good. Yeah, but it, he was like a little... It was totally different from any of the other stuff he did. I will say, as a drummer, I really appreciate the playing and the sounds on this record. The drums sound huge hmm. in a way that <coughs> is different from... See, this is what happens when you eat half a bag of Doritos before you start doing a podcast. You know a lot about drums. That's I, right. Yeah, you find out a lot about drum mixing and the use of compression. Uh, <laughs> our other sponsor today, the Coors Banquet. and the chewing. That's right. Um, yeah, they're, they're big in a way that disco records definitely aren't. And, uh, I, th- I think, I think this would be an interesting record to play for the uninitiated as like, uh, if, if you feel like you know them as a disco band, this is definite proof that they are not that. Right. Um, and, yeah, I and I like, I like hearing them write stuff that isn't a single. It's fun to see what they do when they're not actively trying to write some radio friendly stuff. I mean, but they have lots of stuff that's not radio friendly. Right, but the, almost this whole record is is not geared toward single town. Except the obvious single that was the first single. Soldiers. Oh, I love Soldiers. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. One of Us, which was the first official oh single. What um, a song. What a song. Like oh we're trying to and they said this in the in the Mamma Mia how could I forget you book uh-huh. that they were trying to be Italian with the three mandolin players oh oh at I the see. beginning of like that on a gondola and then I I forget who it was Benny or Bjorn was like I just liked imagining like a Portuguese woman going to the <laughs> going to the well or down to the water to wash her clothes as the intro played I was like it's a short intro is it a fast walk. Like yeah, she's really banging those clothes out pretty quick. But that's really it's what's really interesting about one of us in that it's got this like very Italian gondola sound at the uh-huh. beginning, and they're like wailing over it, and then yeah, it's like reggae is, light. Is this the first and only successful ABBA reggae song? It is, Zach. It is. It, it only is, took them actually. fucking twenty five albums or whatever to get it right. We've got and Lord knows they tried over and over again. Nail this. <laughs> hey guys, what if what if the first thing we do for this album is write a really good reggae song because we are constantly shitting the bed 
when it comes to that. Why oh, okay, cool. Why don't black people in the Caribbean like us? <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do an all-Caribbean tour. Why is it that every time we go to Jamaica, somebody dunks my head in the toilet and flushes it? What is that about? And they call me honky. They oh, I guess it's because this shit sucks. It's because... Uh, what other songs do they have? Sitting in a palm tree, and then what else did they yeah. have that was very gay? Um, oh, uh, I can't even think of it. I would have to look. Which not I, good. Which I will. Not good. No, it's not good. It's not even bad enough to be memorable. Um, have I told you? You can buy, guys, this is crazy, but you can buy every ABBA song for $50 on the iTunes store. Really? Yeah, you can buy ABBA, The Collection. It's 163 songs for $50. For 50 bucks? They sell it as a... It's like a whole box set. Where I'm scanning my iTunes right now. Oh, go back. Yeah, I'm looking through. Would Tropical Loveland count? Yep, Tropical Loveland counts. Ooh, ooh, it's a tropical loveland. Not the melody. I would say that Eagle is, is almost that sort of feel. St. Lucia has a song that sounds just like Eagle. Before the Fall by St. Lucia sounds like Eagle. Really? And I got really mad when that song came out and no one immediately heard it. I was like, this is Eagle. Yeah. But like. That's because nobody knows that song. And yeah. I dream of an eagle. And I dream of a lover can fly. Singing that song grew on me. For me. You've got a beautiful voice. Thank you, especially when I'm hawking Doritos, spicy sweet chili. Spicy sweet chili doesn't clog up my throat when I'm singing the greatest hits of ska. And I'll tell you what, they are vegan friendly. <laughs> they this will is, not beat you up. This is how you know you have some friends who are or were vegan. When you are aware of the fact that Doritos, spicy sweet chili, are, or particularly, are vegan, and so are Oreos. So one of us was the first single. One of us is live. The it's, second God, one. What a great song. It is a great song. I just want to reiterate how fucking good that song is. I didn't realize there was a twist in the lyrics. What's that? In that first, you think the song is about like the whoever's singing it, Anita uh-huh. or Ani Fried, uh-huh. that they left the person. Yeah. Or no, that because it's sad that they were left, but you realize that they're the person who left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they left the relationship, but they're the one in the end who were like, feeling sorry for yourself, right. feeling stupid, feeling small. And we should point out at this point that both couples are divorced, I believe, by the time they're making this record. Is yes. that right? Yeah, both of them had divorce. And it's that thing divorced. that we was did we talk about this with Rod that was like it's kind of amazing that Benny and Bjorn can write songs for their exes yes. to sing that feel kind of fair and balanced and reasonable and have all this perspective. It's it's a pretty incredible thing. Apparently, a lot of women would tell Benny about Bjorn that he wrote from the perspective of women really well. Interesting. I don't know because I'm not a woman. Right. I read a lot of Oprah's book club books in the late 90s. She's Come Undone, for example. Mm. I, read I a Love lot of... Bread. That's her That's her favorite book. <laughs> that Have I Love that Bread Oprah commercial thing? came oh, on, so and I was baffled. I was like, <laughs> who let this go it's onto a... my Hulu premium it's membership so commercial cycle? So good. I Love Bread. <laughs> I eat it every day. <laughs> it's so good. Like so Oprah good. as Reptar uh-huh. is what that uh-huh. is. Reptar on ice. Reptar on ice. You remember that episode? <laughs> I love that. No. <laughs> That's so good. Um, reptar, Reptar, gotta find that Reptar. reptar. <laughs> you really do love it. Yeah. But I, one of the things I love about one of us is the same thing about the winner takes it all. Mm-hmm. Where the chorus goes into this third person where it's like yeah. she... Or they are feeling so upset, but they're really talking about themselves. Uh Yeah, I love that. And it's such, uh, yeah, it feels really, it's unusual for a song to do that. Yeah. Uh, It's brave when they do it in the second person, but like for the third person uh, is really great. Because they're really not just, the song is not them describing another person. Like it's very clearly when you listen to Winner Takes It All and One of Us that they're singing about themselves. Yeah, of course. 
Oh, it's great. One of yeah. us is incredible. It's so good. And I, I think it's kind of uh, a logical extension of the writing on Super Trooper because we talked in that episode about, to me, the, the lyrics get markedly better with that record for some reason. Yeah. Oh, my they're, God. They're just writing in English a lot better. And the lyrics on this one are so clever and so concise and so well written. Um, and it's such a such a huge move from like fucking whatever. What about Livingston and the early dum dum diddle dum dum diddle. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about the second single because this is a really good illustration. Yeah, what's of what the second single? When all is said and done. Right. Oh, it's so good. There are all of these songs that Abba had that felt like the perfect going out song. Like, yeah, thank you yeah, for yeah. the music. Perfect, like mm-hmm. going out on a high note. Uh, the way old friends do perfect yeah. going out song when all is said and done is like the perfect going out song. Yeah. And it's like the saddest, uh, triumphant, like dance number. Yeah. Uh, these it's lyrics so are incredible. Yeah. Um, here's to us one more toast and then we'll pay the bill deep inside. Both of us can feel the autumn chill. Uh, birds of passage you and me we fly instinctively when the summer's over and the dark clouds hide the sun neither you nor i'm to blame when all is said and done oh my god and these two lines from the second verse in our lives we have walked some strange and lonely treks slightly worn but dignified and not too old for sex that's so good. We're still striving for the sky. No taste for humble pie. Thanks for all your generous love and thanks for all the fun. Neither you nor I'm to blame when all is said and done. I remember the first time I heard that uh, not too old for sex lyric. I had to rewind it immediately and go, did she just say what I think she just said? And the way she sings it too is like, not too old oh, for sex. sex. Yeah. And of course... Who else can sing this better than Ani Fried? Yeah. Hashtag Abba fans for Ani Fried. <laughs> Get on it. Join the revolution. Join people. the revolution. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this song is, it's exactly it's what that so Pitchfork good. article talks about where yeah. they're writing, like, Abba is a band for adults. Uh-huh. Like, they talk about adult things and this idea that, like, this song just embodies the struggle of wanting and not getting, but like expectation and reality and like well, and, and both God. people being sad, but it's no one's yeah. fault. Yeah. The way ABBA breaks up as a band and as two couples is so, it's so beautiful because it's so mature. Yeah. And it's so, um, I mean, you know, who knows what their personal lives were actually like, but the impression you get from things like this is just that it was, it was so caring and, uh, and there's already so much perspective in these lyrics when they're right in the middle of probably right in the middle of like signing papers and shit and going through all this yeah. really ugly stuff that you go through when you're getting a divorce. Frida had already started by the time they were recording this. She was dating somebody, she right? She was dating that like billionaire. That's yeah. like Swiss billionaire. Um, it's wild. I think Benny had already been dating like some Swedish TV presenter. But what, um, a, what a beautiful, I mean, how many, how many records are there in the world about we broke up you broke my heart fuck you yeah well or or we broke up and i'm glad i dumped your ass and fuck you this is like it's so unusual because bjorn wrote these lyrics about benny and frida's breakup oh okay um and then frida sings the song that like the other musical partner she has wrote about her relationship but they're so professional we said it before they're so yeah they're very professional this song, I mean, this song killed me on the train today. I listened yeah. to it probably six or seven times in a row. Like, yeah. these lyrics really hit home for me. Standing calmly at the crossroads, no desire to run. There's no hurry anymore when all is said and done. Yeah. The product, like, the way that the coda to that song works is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a great, it's a great, great second single. Um, And, you know, they had the great Spanish version of that. No, uh... No hay a quien culpar. Mm. Se me está escapando. Of course. Yeah. I listened to the Spanish versions a couple of times. You know, it it is 
interesting though back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the record that uh that's not that's not an obvious second single on most abba records right that would be kind of an album cut i mean i always think of well because it's not a huge chorus I mean, but if you okay, so if we listen to all the songs or look at all the songs on this album, well, that's like but, the visitors weird. But that's what I mean is that this this record doesn't have really obvious single choices nope. other than one of us. Yeah, one of us is. So the fact that that is the second single is kind of like it shows you that they made an album. They yeah, really made true. an effort to, and and I don't mean that in a way where anything is weak or. Um, or it's not catchy. It just feels like they they strive to make every track as good as the other. Yeah. Whereas a lot of times with them, it feels like we're gonna make four or five great ones, and then we'll do some other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's it's exciting that they that they went out like this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what was there an understanding when they put this album out that this was it for them, like publicly? They no. They felt it. They said that they started to feel it. Uh-huh. And once, uh, like the the cover art is kind of infamously symbolic, where they're all kind of standing apart from each other. There's like visions of angels that was taken in an artist studio. It's and a great cover. Benny and Bjorn said that they kind of felt like the guy who did all their album art that he instinctively knew what was going on that he huh. chose for it to be like that. He did all of the album covers. I don't know the same if guy? he did all of them, but he did but a lot. most of them, many of them. Um, and what's interesting, so they recorded this, and they kind of got a sense that the energy was running low. Uh-huh. Um, but then they recorded a few songs afterwards, and then they included two bonus tracks on, like, an ABBA's Greatest Hits. Yeah. Uh, Under Attack. Yeah, which is and, great. And uh, The Day Before You Came. Also And The cool. Day Before You Came was the last song they recorded. Okay, and it was also an ABBA song where they were such a house band type people. Like they worked with musicians, they recorded with musicians, and the day before you came, they recorded first. It was just uh, Benny and Anyeta, I think. Huh. And Benny just started with a click track and just kept building from there, kind of like how modern electronic musicians work. Yeah. Um, but he didn't work with a band, but so it sounds very unusual. Yeah. And the lyrics are unusual. Huh. Um, is that song in the musical? I feel like we've talked about that song at some point. Did we ever talk about that? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think it's in the musical. I feel like that song has come up and I can't remember why. Yeah. That's a good song. Yeah. It's a really great song. So what's the last Dallas, the TV show, (laughs) right? Maybe that's why we talked about it. I think their last single was under attack, but the last one they recorded was the day before you came. What's the last track on the original release of The Visitors? Because I've been oh, listening God, to whatever's like on an Spotify. Like passing through my room. Oh, Christ. Not good. I don't like that one, but... So, so it's... <laughs> I think we can officially say that with the final album in the can, ABBA never really hit it out of the ballpark. <laughs> never really hit... Except for Vulevo. Uh, so close. They come so close. I mean, I love the song The Visitors so i love that song much and it's weird uh i love that song our friend michael who wrote that great book about abba Uh uh-huh he does not love the visitors he's like oh it's a really weird song it's so odd what were they doing be like it's that chorus is brilliant and is there a better opener that you could possibly imagine for this record it's like the first time that they kind of made an opening track that actually introduces you to what the album is going to feel like yeah except nothing Almost none of the songs have that same kind of weird energy. Like the thing that's great about the visitors is it starts with that like weird twinkly synth. Oh and she yeah, sings that like otherworldly you know what melody. It sounds like when you catch a coin in yes. the Mario game. Yep, it does. I always think it sounds like a like a star winking, which always makes me think <laughs> it's a song about aliens. Mm. Um, but it's got that like weird verse that builds in energy, and then you get to that chorus, which is just like such late. Yeah. 70s early 80s disco and the men being like now i see them moving oh the voice is coming through the door i feel i'm cracking up great it's an incredible when that chorus. chorus and and that verse melody is incredible yeah it almost feels like a um uh it's got like an indian quality to me yep. like she's yeah. singing in all these weird like 
quarter step kind of moves and it's so good and it's such a it's such a different um universe for them to exist in you know it it drops you right in the middle of this really kind of cold uncomfortable feeling which is not what they do with opening tracks really no nope. that's i guess that's what i mean it just puts you in a place of like oh shit this is not a normal abba record well that's not even like okay so the visitor says this weird like noodly indian yeah what we imagine indian music to be uh, sounding zach is now doing music for bollywood uh, films uh also like that soldiers has that like weird meandering verse yeah where it's like this weird military drum and these like searing 70s groove. electric guitars. Yeah. And then she's like singing over. It's kind of hard to follow. And then you've got this like great chorus. Uh-huh. Uh, two for the price of one is uh-huh. like that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Zach, can, can, can you we... tell the narrative of the song Two for the Price of One? Uh, not as well as you could. I think that you should. It's about a man who's a cleaner in a train station. Uh-huh. Very ordinary. But then he sees an advertisement. Mm. That's like... If you want a good time, uh-huh. call this number. You'll get two for the price of one. So he calls, and a woman whose voice sounded very exciting, her name was Alice Whiting, that was the rhyme, answers and is like, you want a good time? Let's make it happen. Uh, and if you want to have fun, you can have two for the price of one. Turns out... But folks, get your mind out of the gutter. Get your mind out of the gutter, because two for the price of one is you can have an lovely evening with a uh, mom and her daughter Ugh. <laughs> like killing it killing it remember when they wrote a Since song 1973. about when they wrote two different songs about pedophilia and yeah. then they wrote this song about like mother daughter incest prostitution mm-hmm. Abba's Super legacy cool. hashtag cool. legacy Yeah, soldiers I love. Soldiers I love. Soldiers is great. Um, soldiers I let the music speak is great. Yep, it's not great. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's you can tell in this album they're starting to move towards musicals, especially with I let yeah. the music speak. Let's talk uh, about our other favorite on this record. Oh my God, slipping through my fingers. School bag in hand, she leaves home in the early morning. With an absent-minded smile. Okay, I'm gonna pull up my favorite lyric. This might be my favorite ABBA lyric, actually. Um, but this this is for sure my favorite ABBA ballad, more than "Winter Takes." Slipping through my fingers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Oh my god. Yeah. That's interesting because it's pretty subdued. Oh, it's so good. It doesn't have any of those big money moments like uh, like "Winter Takes It All" does. Oh my god. Okay, so it's a song that they wrote about kids getting older. Uh-huh. Um I posted a oh, Facebook. Oh, see, I thought this one was about aliens. <laughs> when you see ET go off to school. Yeah, I Aww. just assumed that they had watched ET. It's from Elliot's perspective. This is what Bjorn said about kids growing up and being a parent. Okay. Whatever we try, however hard we try, we're losing moments. Well, I just killed myself. Oh. Uh, so it's about watching kids get older. And that's one of those moments when someone who doesn't speak English says something in a way that's like way more poignant than you than you would as an exactly. English speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always losing moments. Yep. Losing moments. This is these are two of the lyrics. Two I two words, two what am I talking about? These are two of the lyrics. Okay. Lyric one. I I'll just do lyric one. Uh what happened to the wonderful adventures, the places I'd planned for us to go? Mm-hmm. Well, some of th- some of that we did, but most we didn't. And why? I just don't know. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's a. I love. I love this more than winter takes it all. I mean, that lyric is just as much about a romantic relationship as it is about your kids growing up. Some of those we did, but most we didn't. And why? I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. 
What? I, 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 I'm supposed to know. I don't know. Hey, I'm just a visitor here. I love slipping through my fingers. Uh, and then like an angel passing through my room. They tried different arrangements of that <sighs> song many, many times. And then they decided to just cut it to Benny and Anyeta with the piano and her. Why didn't Anye- they just cut it? I don't, don't know. you wish this album ended with slipping through my fingers? Sort of, but didn't that that happened with uh, Arrival? I think where they had a great ballad, and then they ended it with something after that, right? Yeah, I think it, it the... was Fernando, and then they're they gonna with... jump down, turn around, pick up Ella Cotton. Oh my God! Remember how good that is? <laughs> remember how oh, good the Lordy! remember how good the pick, pick up Ella Cotton. Cotton was? I for the rest of my life in my brain, I will be able to hear exactly the way they go. <laughs> that is I'm, seared into my memory. I'm trying to pull up what happens on arrival. Oh lordy, pick a better garden. Uh, oh, no, it ends with arrival. It ends with arrival. Maybe Abba the album. Maybe Abba. Guys, it's really hard to keep some of the. I thought that I would become an expert, but I'm having a really hard time keeping track of all of their. Well, songs. also we talked about some of this stuff like eight months ago. Some of these records. Oh, my God. Yeah. We've been doing this for a little while. For a while. Yeah. It has been eight months. Yeah. Uh, All in all, if you had to rate the visitors, what would you rate? When all is said and done. Oh, don't make me cry. (laughs) If I had to rate the visitors, I think I gave Super Trooper a nine or Mm. a ten. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't top that for me. No. But it does top... As an album, it tops just about everything else, I have to say. Okay. So I'll say it's a 9 or it's an 8.5. I would give I it think an it's 8.3. Really excellent. Yeah. 8.3. 8.3 for In Steve. large part because I think the you ignore songs like An Angel Passing Through My Room. If you ignore like there's some stuff that's good. It's it's all interesting. It's all interesting. Yeah. So it's weird. Like, uh, this reminds me a little bit of, like, Tori Amos's To Venus and Back. Uh-huh. Where you're like, oh, you're doing something really weird. Yeah. And it's not bad. It's just so weird from everything you've done. Do so you feel kind of proud of them when you listen to this record? I feel a sense of pride. Why? Having, because I've spent... <laughs> Because I've spent so we've spent so much time now listening to all the albums, yeah, working through the whole catalog, yeah. And I just feel this feeling of of you. You made some of the best pop singles anybody's ever made. Yep, and you got to round out your career with this kind of well respected, really interesting, really creative, really well done, beautiful album. Yeah, which you never did. Yeah. Prior to this. You were never beautiful. Hey, hey. Until you were sad. What's that? (laughs) Zach's eyebrows just looked up and was like, almost like my therapist. Like, oh, let's get into that. What is? Let's unpack that, Steve. What does that mean? What did you just hear yourself say? (laughs) Sibilance. Who's your therapist? Oh, I don't have one anymore, but I should. Who's your therapist? Who do you see? Who do you see? Is he single? I see Dr. Zhivago. What if what if you had a friend that just kept dating your therapist? Like every time you like you're like, ah, it didn't really work out and then you started dating someone new, then they started dating your therapist. Interesting. Hmm. Wait, do you mean you mean every time you leave a therapist and go to a new one, they date your previous therapist? No, they date your new one. They're always dating the They're always dating your current cur- therapist. Yeah, I like that idea. Oh God. I'm going to date like, your therapist. But but none of your therapists are going to be like, you should stop hanging out with this friend. Because it's kind of weird that they're always dating your therapist. They're going to be like, no, Susie's know. awesome. They don't, Susie. Uh, no, they don't know. What do you mean? They never know that you're friends with their girlfriend or boyfriend. Really? Why yeah. wouldn't you say something? Because you don't. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you would be like, listen, I got this friend, Jerome. And he's always dating my therapist. And you and Jerome are dating right now. Do you think that's a little weird? Do you think maybe you should call it quits to Jerome? Don't you think just a little bit? What's behind that? I don't know. I think Jerome's really great. You should give him another chance. What's that about that you asked about Jerome? Maybe we should talk yeah, about maybe that. Yeah, maybe we should talk about that. 
I like defensive bro therapist. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with Jerome? It's, dude, dude, it's cool. Let's Wait, talk about that. Quit being you, such a pussy. <laughs> have you seen Chelsea Peretti's comedy special on Netflix? No, no. Do you have Netflix? Yeah. Please I, watch I, it. I've been wanting to watch that, actually. I've seen it maybe six or seven times at this point. <laughs> She's great. She's I, great. I can't believe how good it is, but she has a whole thing about surfer guys. Okay. She's like, why is it that just because you do this one thing in the water that you all laugh exactly the same? <laughs> It is funny, isn't it? Yeah. I just watched a great documentary on Netflix, speaking of Netflix, called Do I Sound Gay? Have you heard or watched this? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I started to watch some of it, and I was like, I hate that. (laughs) This doesn't apply to me. Uh, Relevant. Relevant. It's interesting because it's... it's, um, Yeah, it just sort of explores why we take on the little ticks and traits and character qualities that we do identify with a group yeah i mean when i when i came out in high school i was a junior i was 16 it was like 1998 Uh uh-huh and i didn't have a sense of what being gay was except for what the stereotypes were so i just started performing those stereotypes i was like okay i get it Uh tight t-shirts right I get it. Like, I started to listen to, like, a lot of Bette Midler and Barbra Streisand. And that was because you felt like that's what you were meant to do? I was like, this is what being part of the community means. Uh Like, if this is the stereotype, this is my entryway in. And then as I got older, I just realized, like, oh, I just kind of like the stuff I like. I I mean, I like Barbra Streisand and Bette Midler. Right, I mean, not everybody who likes to sleep with someone of the same sex has the same interests yeah 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 part of it's the the problem of when you grow up in like rural ohio and you have limited access to other gay people like you're just in 1998 you're gonna see the broadest strokes yeah so you're gonna see jack on will and grace yeah exactly and that's what i just did i started to identify with that stuff Mm -hmm. um and in that same way i think a lot of people just pick up behaviors yeah. That they're like, oh, this means I belong. Yeah. If I talk like this, I belong. Mm-hmm. We all do that. Yep. Yeah. In one way or another. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily come out in our speech, but. Huh. It It is interesting, uh, this documentary. I really liked it. Huh. I think it's worth finishing. So I will watch it. Yeah. You will watch Chelsea Peretti. I will. I, I mean, it's maybe the funniest comedy special I've seen in like years and years Great. and years. It's incredible. I would recommend if you want to watch a good comedy special, uh, Bo Burnham, you know who he is? Oh, John saw it. He I'm, really liked it. I'm not a big fan of his, uh, his old material, but he's got this special called what, mm-hmm. uh, that's on Netflix. Okay. That is, it's just so unlike any standup I've ever seen. It's huh. very performance based. It's very thought out and composed almost. And it's really interesting and really funny. Hmm. And I thought, man, this guy thought long and hard about this. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of free time, so I'm definitely going to watch that. Yeah, enjoy it. In my apartment with no furniture. So, and a dog that's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> no, your dog is going to be too busy sniffing the dirt outside to give yeah, a shit exactly. about you. Euphemism. So um, what were you going to say, Zach? I was going to say, what's what's left? Do we have anything to discuss here? About visitors? No. I rate it 8.3. I'm giving it an 8.5. I love that the last single is Day Before You Came. It's very improbable. I like that, too. Uh, Under Attack, their last video was really weird and dramatic and very 80s. Great song. Uh, Yeah, there's just some great stuff tacked on the end of their career here. Okay, so let's. So, the visitors did did not overtake Voulez-vous for you as your favorite ABBA album. I don't think so. You still like Voulez-vous the best. I think so. Now that we've listened to all of them, what do you like the least? Uh, their first one. Yeah, that one really sucks. Ring ring. Yeah, ring ring sucks God, so hard. Damn it, it was really bad. But isn't it great? I mean, think about that. The band that made Ring Ring made the visitors. Yeah, that's what I mean. What do you mean? I'm so proud of those guys. Yeah. Good job. You did it. Good job, Abba. You did the thing that everyone who makes art is trying to do. Which which is? Which is get better. 
Yeah, but it's just weird because they have this odd trajectory where they just got better and better and better. They did. And I and think they ended on a really high note. And I think a lot of bands get really good around their second or third album and then they just kind of get weird or different and and Abba So why do you think that is? is? What's your best guess? I think it's because they isolated themselves from fame. Mm -hmm. and the music business like they discuss the fact that they never lived in london new york or la for long periods of time that's interesting and i think that when when like most of the time you go back to your like you make an album you do some shit and then you go back to your house in sweden where your like wife and kids are and you like go to a small cabin and write songs on a little piano for most of the time like i think that lends you the space to do the kind of reflection and work of thoughtful songwriting that's really hard to do if you're like always around A and R people. If you're always around like photographers or journalists, like that really distorts your vision of what you're doing. It also seems like their number one competitors were always themselves. Yes. Yes. And no I one th- was doing what they were doing. No. And I think there's obviously they're they're obviously uh interested in being relevant and making music that appeals to what's going on in the pop landscape, but not to the point where they're really worried about anything other than writing better songs all the time. Yeah. Making better sounding records. Yeah. And I, I love that about them. I love that they just, the the compositions get more interesting. They get more involved. The production gets better. The sounds get better. Like they just sound like a band that worked their asses off. Yeah. In, they, in all the right ways. They didn't... I don't think there's anything that unusual about the fact that... Um, like, they started when they were 18. Mm-hmm. Like, making music, right. touring, and they didn't get famous until they were 28. Uh-huh. So they just... Ha- like, they were used to the work of music as opposed yeah. to the publicity of music. Mm-hmm. And that does a lot for them. I think there's a lot of musicians who are probably similar. Like, I think... Florence Welch, for example, is someone who probably like just did stuff for so long. And now that she's in her, don't tell anyone, her late 30s, Uh she's like, she can handle what music is and do more interesting things because she's already lived through stuff. Um, We were just talking about Fiona Apple while we were waiting to get our tattoos. Yes. And I think Fiona is a really interesting case, too, because it's obvious that with... When the pawn, she had to make a second record pretty quickly to satisfy the label and satisfy the fans that got into her in the first one. And that's a great second record. That might be one of the great second albums. I don't think there's an artist second album I love more than that. It's unbelievable. When I think about my favorite artists, like Bjork, Post is good. Yeah. It's not as good as Homogenic or Vespertine. Right. Her third or fourth one, like... I love Tori Amos, but Under Pink, Under the Pink is not as good as their third album, Boys for Palais. Right. But like PJ Harvey, Rid of Me is not as good as To Bring You My Love, her third right. one. But When the Pawn is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. And there's something about, I think there can be something about the pressure of needing to fulfill expectations and live up to this platform that you've been given that makes you create something great. Mm-hmm. But I think it also depends on the person and the artist and what kind of conditions you work best under. Yeah. ABBA seems like a band that works best when they're given room. Yeah. And they're just allowed to kind of do their work because they know what they're doing. And if you give them the space, I mean, it's obvious in building their own studio and everything just became more and more and more insular and close to the chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then the, the fewer people fucking them up, the better. Yeah, they don't... There's no famous stories of ABBA at Studio 54. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they were yeah, they're, married they're or had musicians. kids by the time they were famous. Uh-huh. And so there was so much of them that was just always adult. Yep. And I really I really admire that about them, that they just wanted to work. They really wanted to make music. And they wanted to make better music than before. And that's... I don't think that's... Uh, totally unusual in modern times like you find people who just want to make good music and work but it's it's impossible to be successful in music now without having like social media presence and like 
constantly engaging with people oh, and they a, didn't. Like, yeah, there's they a just... ton of bullshit. And I feel I, I feel a little bummed about the fact that, that we don't have we, we we can't create another ABBA as a society. No. It's impossible. Do you think that like court minstrels felt the same way? That like traveling musicians felt the same way in like medieval times, like they walked around, they're like I love singing these ballads, but oh, there's so much bullshit associated. Right, you right. gotta talk yeah. to the king and be like, just let us stay. I'm sure. I'm sure. There's always been bullshit when you're a musician. Yeah, it's true. Um, guys, Zach's new music is really great. Thanks. It's really incredible. You're such a good songwriter. Thank you. And you are really good at either an un- you're really great at an unexpected bridge. Thank you. It's like a change from that minor a to lot. major or like a totally different key. I, I Not say, a different key, but like suddenly you go to a different part of the chord progression, which I like. I say this completely truthfully. I feel like I've started writing better songs since we started doing this podcast. Really? Why? Yes. Because I feel like I'm getting inside of their heads more. Hmm. And I, I played Super Trooper the other night. Uh, just solo acoustic at the show. It was dedicated to me. It was dedicated to my friend Steve. So so in playing Super Trooper solo, I had a couple people the first time I did it uh, who came up to me and they were like, because I, I the first time I did it, I opened the show with it. Yeah. And I said right afterward, that's an ABBA song. That's all I really said about it. Yeah. And I saw like noticeable surprise on a few faces they're like you're so brilliant. Yeah. I thought you wrote this. Yeah. No, I Humble mean brag. I mean when I said this is Abba. Yeah. People were like and and people came up to me and said, "Man, that really I'm going to have to go give them a second chance because I really liked that song." Yeah. And I thought, "Man, it's so interesting when you get rid of all the fucking bullshit that people put in their own heads." Yeah. And allow themselves to have put in their heads about whether or not they should like a band. Special if you friend. just get down to whether or not you like it. Yeah. You probably do. This is one of those bands that you probably like. Um, do you know the Metric album with uh, Gimme Sympathy? Fantasies, I think is the name yeah, of it. Yeah, yes. What I really love about that album is they talked about how they were like, before we did this album, we were like, no song stays unless we can sing it on an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And then we realized that was really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Then we realized that's not what makes us interesting as a band. Yeah, and like that's not always the sign of like a great song. No, it's not. It's not. When you started to play Super Trooper, I was like, oh, I know this chord progression. Yeah. And and Hanny, uh huh, special friend Hanny special looked friend, at me. Uncle Zach's special friend Hanny. Uncle Hanny looked at me, <laughs> and when you started singing the words, and I was like lip singing along, she was like surprised, be like, uh, I've listened to so much ABBA. In yeah, my life and yeah. over the past eight months. Of course, I know what chord yeah. progression this is. Yeah. Also, I knew you weren't going to sing Happy Hawaii. So How did you know that? What if I did? Because you hate that song. What if I did? I'd be so happy. <laughs> what if I sang Another Town, Another Train? That was the one I was thinking And of. everyone in the room was like, this <laughs> fucking sucks. This is so bad. You were like... Nina, pretty ballerina. <laughs> yeah, nice, Snidely um, Whiplash laugh. I really love, I really love playing their songs solo acoustic. Though I'm, I'm starting to learn more of them because I really, I like picking them apart and seeing how they work. And yeah, and I like learning that they're not that different from a lot of the songs I write and a lot of the songs that I love by the Beatles or yeah whomever because they're they're employing a lot of the same tricks they just have a way of dressing them up that is so clever what's the and it one feels fresh their counter melodies are fucking bonkers yeah it's stupid uh what is an abba song that you've been trying to make work solo but you just can't like you practice you're like i'm gonna fucking do this you do it, you're like i really like it's just not the same at all i haven't hit one yet i haven't tried to do anything that i i couldn't kind of envision it in my head I remember we talked to Rod about this. Yeah. About what, what a good ABBA cover would be. I mean, I feel like I could do Knowing Me, Knowing You. I would like to learn that because that lends itself to an acoustic thing. I play Dancing Queen sometimes at mm-hmm. solo gigs, and it's like people sing back the 
instrumental hooks to you. Yeah. Which and that is a statement about this band. That that but also people go, you know, you go Friday night and the lights are low. People sing the little things at you. It's so funny. That's the power of this band. Yeah. Melodies for fucking They're days. Like the weirdest and the greatest band of all time. Yeah. They're the weirdest and the greatest. It, this podcast really does concrete for me all the time why they're the best band of all time. Yeah. There's a reason Indian people love ABBA. I used to live in this weird apartment complex in Ohio uh-huh. when we moved from Wisconsin to Ohio when I was in seventh grade. So I grew up in like rural Ohio where it was like a lot of Catholic and a lot of Lutheran and Methodist white people. Yeah. Like almost everyone had German or Irish backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Maybe Polish. Mm. Uh, we had Stupid. one Jewish kid, and I was like, "What's the fucking problem with Santa Mark?" Yeah, like. <laughs> and then yeah. I moved to Solon, Ohio, which was filled with tons of Jewish people. Yeah, tons of Indian people, who had lots of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mom was like, "We were living in this two-bedroom apartment in an apartment complex. My mom did not have a lot of money." I was not Jewish, nor was I Indian. Mm-hmm. And I was surrounded by really wealthy Indian and Jewish kids. Right. Uh, and there was one other, there was another Indian family in the apartment complex whose son, Amit, lived close to us. And I knew because he got on the same bus as us. And he had Street Fighter for Super Nintendo. So Killer. we always went over to his place. Yeah. So you and guys it, were best friends. Best friends, yeah. yeah. And you were friends with kids because of their game systems. I 100% had a friend who was only my friend because he had a Nintendo 64. Yeah, exactly. And he had GoldenEye. Yeah. And he, if he's listening, I will be really surprised, and I'm sorry, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I did uh, not like him very much, So, in all honesty. When I really got into ABBA, my seventh or eighth, or at the end of my seventh grade year, I would talk to Amit's mom, who was like this older Indian woman. She, uh-huh. was, like, she was like, I love ABBA. They're incredible. Yeah. She's like everybody in India knows Abba, uh-huh. and so she and I would talk about our favorite that Abba rocks. tracks. I don't know why I got on this because you were saying there's a reason that Indian people like Abba. There's a reason that they're universally why loved Russian people around the Indian world, people, yeah. yeah. There's something indelible about what they mm-hmm. do, and it's because they're a band where the the melodies are so strong that it just it doesn't even matter if you know what they're saying. Yeah. And that applies to English speakers too, because some of the lyrics are really regrettable. And dumb, it just doesn't dumb, matter. Fiddle to be a fiddle to be a fiddle to not so little. I don't know if those were the right words. It, 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 that's probably better than it's what it actually is. Probably better than what they wrote. <laughs> we keep talking as if we're not going to keep talking about Appa, but we're going to keep talking no, about it in course, the coming weeks. No, of course. It just feels like a, like a bit of a, 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 a crossroads, yeah. a fork in the road. But so, we're not afraid to, we're not going to run. No, no. I'm not going to run. So Zach and I are figuring out stuff, especially with me moving, him being on tour, us uh, handling a lot more stuff than before. Yeah. Uh, so we apologize if any of this stuff gets to you later than we think. But we appreciate your patience and thank you. And if we are going to call this the season one finale, I want to thank Rod Thomas. I want to thank Crystal Durant. I want to thank Kate Neely. Um, We have had so much fun getting to bring some friends into the fold and work on this with our pals. And, uh, and really thank you to you. If you are out there listening, it's so much fun just to do this. It almost doesn't even matter if you listen, but we're so glad that you do because it is, it's, it's important to us and we love creating a conversation. And so we want to hear from you more. Please tweet at us at Voulez-Vous Please find us on Tumblr at Voulez-Vous let us know what you think. Tell us if uh, the angel passing through the room is your favorite ABBA song and tell it's us why we're wrong. conceived to. Yeah. Write us and go, listen, you fucking assholes. I uh, conceived of you to that song. Did you? With your mom. I think I breathed you into life. What song is that? That's uh, Savage Garden. Oh, good one. I knew I loved you before I met you. You can find me on Twitter. That's a Delilah classic right there. Chick Cherry Cola. You can, honestly, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm not very good at Twitter. 
I'm terrible at it. I'm never on it. I don't do anything. I don't understand. I understand it, but I don't. Listen, Steve's tweets are rare, but they are precious. I'm sure. Much like a diamond in the butt. Isn't that the phrase, a diamond in the butt? That sound that came out of my throat almost made it sound like a diamond was coming out of my butt. But you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at There's Thunder. Zach, what about you? Zach Jones Music, Z-A-C-H Jones Music. Please, you guys, Uh, rate us on iTunes. Please, if you listen to us, rate us on iTunes, write a review. It's how we can get more people into the Ani Freed revolution. Wake up, sheeple. ABBA fans for Ani Freed. ABBA fans for Ani Freed. Sanders, Ani Freed, 2016. Feel the Freed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Okay, that's the new one. Feel the Freed. Hashtag feel the Freed. Let's make t-shirts. Also, listen, do you guys want t-shirts? What should we make? Tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Sleeves? What should we make? We'll do it. Sleeves? No. No sleeves, sleeves. I don't give a feel shit. Feel the freed. Hashtag feel the freed. Tweet feel it the us. freed. I'm so into this. I'm going to tweet a bunch of stuff on the bus home. That's good. Let's do this. Uh, as o- How do we end this, Zach? How do we do it? I don't remember. As always. Let's never end it. Oh, God. I mean, we have to. <laughs> Zach, as always, thank you for the music. The songs we're singing. <laughs> <laughs>